All right, I think we can all agree that every new investor struggles with the same issues. They're out there talking to motivated sellers, they're finding deals, but they're unsure of how to comp these properties and how to determine what they are worth or what the ARV is. There's a tremendous amount of anxiety trying to figure out how to find the after repair values. Now, we all know that in order to make a great offer on a property, you have to start with the end in mind, meaning you really should know the ARV or the after repair value of the property before you can discount it and subtract your repairs and or wholesale fee to get your perfect offer amount. Well, if you're like me and you're not a licensed real estate agent, it's difficult to get access to your local MLS without asking your agent or bugging your buddies who are licensed all the time to run those comps for you and generate those estimated values. Well, not to worry. There's a company out there that can grant you MLS access to view and comp properties nationwide. I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash comps, and you can even get a free 14-day trial to test it out for yourself. Now, not only can you use this company to get comps and generate ARVs for these deals that you're finding, but you can also use it to help you find out how much the property owner owes on the property so you're not overpaying. Did I mention that you can use this company to also pull lists of motivated sellers? When I do marketing, I'm looking for vacants, absentee owners, high equity, pre-foreclosure, and many, many more reasons that the owner might be motivated. These guys can help you generate these lists so you can market them accordingly. I like, the, I like to mail them and also skip trace them so my team can call or text them. Again, if you're having problems getting comps, I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash comps to get access to a 14-day free trial so you can run your own MLS comps and even use this company to pull your own list of motivated sellers. I use them to run my comps and to pull my list. If you're not using them, you are absolutely missing out. So check them out today dpipodcast.com forward slash comps for more information. Welcome to the Discount Property Investor Podcast, where we show you how to buy real estate at a discount so you can create wealth over time and income today. Our mission is to share what we have learned from the experience of others and help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate, the discount property investor way. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's kind of a problem. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. This is your host, David Dodge, joined by co-host Mike Slane. Hey, Mike. Hey, Dave. How's it going, man? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Glad you guys are joining us. Uh, we always like to invite people, if it's your first time listening, to check out our free wholesale course there. We put together a complete course on how to wholesale real estate. So if you've never done it, or even if you have, we've got a whole bunch of great information out there. We've got a contract, a joint venture agreement. Um, again, anything you're going to need to wholesale, we put together a great starting point for anyone uh, to get started. So freewholesalecourse.com. Please feel free to check that out and uh, give us some feedback. We always like to to hear people's feedback on that course. Uh, so far, we've had uh, nothing but uh, but thumbs up. So uh, let us know. 
That's uh, right. All right. So, Dave, what are we going to talk about today, man? What's, uh, what's going on? We are going to talk about a case study today. So today is going to be an awesome episode. It's going to be a case study on a property that we recently just purchased. And we had a, a, we had a really awesome exit on this, on this particular property. We leased optioned it to a tenant buyer. And we're going to talk about how we found the property, uh, what we paid for the property, and then just kind of how we designed our exit on this particular property. So exit may be the wrong word because we are holding the property. It's a buy and hold investment. However, um, we lease optioned it. So we have a tenant buyer in place. I like to call it the exit still. You and call it the exit still. It's here's, a tenant buyer in place. And really the main thing is that it limits us from having to manage it. I well, here's, here's, what, it. here's why I call it an exit is uh, flipping or renting or wholesaling, you're always exiting it. It's just the speed with which you get paid. That's a great point. So the way I look at it is uh, wholesale is going to be the quickest way to cash. The flip, like actually doing some rehab work on it, it's a little bit slower, but again, a little bit bigger profit. And then the rental is a much slower pay. But uh, again, you can make a lot of, a lot of good money on that as well as uh, a lot of tax advantages. So, so true. Yeah, you're just getting paid slower. So anyway, let's dive in, Dave. I didn't mean to, to digress no, again. No, but you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. So what, what was the property we're talking about? That's a great question, Mike. You remember the address? I don't. Benet. The one on Benet? Yeah, it's the one on Benet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good deal. So, and you know more about the purchase than I do. Uh, you want to talk about uh, where we found the lead and how we ended up getting the property under contract. That's a great question. Let me pull it up here real quick in the CRM. and we do so many deals, guys. That <laughs> I get confused on what, what's going on. You want me to refresh your memory? So this uh, yeah, Benet was uh, Brad Gulledge. Oh, it was a, a Gulledge. Okay, so this yeah, yeah. this particular property was uh, was purchased through one of our good buddies here in St. Louis. He purchased his properties at the auction, and he bought this. Um, it was a foreclosure, so he bought this at the foreclosure auction at the at the people say the courthouse steps, but in this particular auction, it's inside a building. Um, same thing. You're just, it's a live auction. He's with a couple other investors in there. Um, auctions are great. Now, the only downside to the auction is you have to have the cash available that day or within 24 hours. Um, so Brad called us and said, Hey, I got a, I got a pretty good deal on a property, uh, North County property. This is what we are going to be purchasing the property, or this is what I think we can get the property for. Are you guys so the, interested? Yeah. And so the auctions are here in St. Louis anyways, it's kind of an insider's game. And insider's game. yeah, so Brad is pretty good friends with Dave. And when Brad finds a good property, um, you know, he'll let us know and be like, hey, are you guys interested in this? And he'll basically buy it and then we'll pay him a fee. And so that's exactly what it's, happened. It's basically just a relationship that we have with, mm -hmm. uh, with people. So again, this lead is basically a referral to Dave uh, mm -hmm. because Dave is good, good buddies with Brad and uh, we're able to, you know, to pick up some of his good deals or his great deals at pretty good prices. So it's That's not right. really a slam dunk uh, wholesale. Well, it, it really would have been. I mean, even if we bought it from Brad or decided, hey, Brad, you close it, we'll, we'll co-wholesale it and send it out to our buyers list, mm -hmm. uh, we still would have made money on it. So yeah, so a referral. It's another, uh, a lot of your networking is a great way to to get leads. So this right. one came through us through through one of the auctions, uh, Good Buddy of Dave's, and uh Anyways, Dave, go ahead. So yeah, sure. So Brad was able to pick it up. So this particular property is up in North. It's in North County, St. Louis. It's in, it's in a good area. It's a four bed, two and a half bath property, approximately 1,500 square foot. 
So the property had an estimate of about, about 100,000, 97,000 from what I'm looking at online, built in 1964. So it was a good property, four bed, two and a half bath is a really, really great property when it comes to renting. The rent assessment on this particular property was $1,200 a month. And uh, we bought this property off of Brad, or we essentially we JV'd with him. So he bought it, he used our funds. And then we were gonna wholesale. That was our initial exit. It was, it was a house sold easy properties purchase with a joint venture of Brad. And we were gonna wholesale it and we were just gonna split this property 50-50. So if we were to make you know 10,000 um, on the property, we would have we paid Brad five and we would have kept five and we would have paid ourselves back and you know so on and so forth. So after we actually purchased the property and we secured the property and we were able to get in the property, because that's one of the things about the auctions is you're not always able to get into the properties. They don't know they don't have lock boxes, so on and so forth. Once we actually got the property paid for and we owned it and we secured it, we realized, hey, this is actually a pretty good property. We could wholesale it and make a good chunk of change, or we could just buy Brad out and keep it as a company holding. And our company is starting to buy a few properties each and every month to add to our portfolio so we can make some passive income. So we're not always wholesaling. Um, but that is the nature of our business is wholesaling. So long story short, we decided, hey, this is going to be a good property for us to buy and hold. Let's keep it. We contacted Brad and said, Brad, we think we could maybe wholesale this for you know, roughly $10,000. Would, would you be okay if we gave you $5,000 um, flat even, you know, no expenses to cancel or end our joint venture agreement? So essentially, we're buying Brad out of the deal. And he said, yeah, that's great, no problem. So Brad did, um, he did most of the due diligence, but he had none of his own money invested. And we gave him five grand and he was off the deal. And he was happy, we were happy, we got a property and he got paid. And then we decided we were gonna keep this property. So what we did was we, we fixed the property up a little bit. I'm not sure exactly how much we spent. Mike, do you have any idea? Maybe five or six grand, something like that. On the rehab on this one? Yeah. You know, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you the exact budget. I think it was closer to eight. To eight, okay. Yeah, because we did a lot in the basement. So uh, Dave and I, well, we all walked out uh, the property. We can talk about that. I mean, this is a great property. Um, for, uh, Dave had mentioned it's in uh, North County, so a good little rental area. We walked it, and I mean, it, it needed very little work um, to to get really rent ready. The upstairs was in great condition. It's got a two car garage with um, what I, I don't even know what you call it, whether it's a garage door on the back of the garage as well. I just think it's really neat because you can, you know, pull your lawn tractor through or whatever. Great big backyard, uh, basement that was, I guess, semi-finished. Uh, but the basement, I was, uh, the reason I'm talking about this is the basement need a little bit of work. Uh, we, we, to make it really feel like a, a new finished basement that you'd actually want to uh, throw a, a bedroom down in. So we, uh, we put in flooring, cleaned it up, got it painted, and it just looks really, really, really clean now, really good um, basement for a bonus bedroom, essentially. So there's a bathroom down there, but I don't think there's an egress. So. Right, right. No, it's, it's, yeah, so I think it was about 8000 uh, all in on our rehab on that one. Perfect. So with this particular property, we actually, um, we were going to refinance it. So we paid cash. Again, when you buy through the auction, you have to pay cash right then and there. And um, our business has a line of credit that we use to purchase, you know, most of our properties. And we, we get leverage on some of them, some of them we don't. Well, on this particular property, we were 100% we were into it for cash. We didn't have any debt. 
We didn't have any leverage. It was cash that we had purchased the property with, and it was cash that we used to pay Brad his wholesale fee, mm -hmm. or finder's fee, whatever you'd like to call it. And um, we spent another $8,000, you know, getting it rent ready, call it a rehab, call it a make ready, call it whatever you want. Um, but essentially, we spent about $8,000 to get an occupancy inspection passed. Uh, the inspector came out two or three times, a couple things here and there each time. But we got all that stuff done and we got the occupancy inspection. So we actually were marketing this property as a rental. And uh, I'm not sure what the, at the same time as us marketing it as a rental, we were in the process of refinancing it with our bankers. And I'm not sure exactly what the bankers came back with in terms of the amount that we were going to be able to refinance it for. But um, we had an individual contact us that said, hey, you know, are you guys interested in lease optioning this property? I'd like to buy it. However, I can't get approved for a loan today, but I'm willing to put down an option deposit and pay you rent. I think he signed a 24-month lease on this particular property. But essentially, they said, we're going to, you know, we want to buy it. We're going to give you a, a deposit down, which is your option deposit. That deposit is non-refundable. And then they're going to pay us rent for 24 months. And at any time within the day that we sign that lease in the 24 month period to when it ends, they could exercise their option. So what that means is they could, they could say, we are going to buy this property for what we agreed upon day one. Uh, the option deposit that we received on this particular property was quite high. Mike, do you remember the number? Yeah, it was 24,000. 24,000. Wow, that's mm -hmm. awesome. So they gave us an option deposit. Again, that's that's a non-refundable deposit, folks, of $24,000. And then they are going to be paying us monthly rent. The monthly rent in this scenario does not cash flow a ton. I think it is just a, a bit over break even, um, which we like to try to cash flow two, three, four, five hundred $500 a month. It just depends on the area and how much the option deposit is. But we're into the property, a couple different factors. Um, but in this particular scenario, we're not cash flowing a ton. I think it's close to break even. However, we will profit on the sale at the end. So typically with these lease option type of deals, you can make money in three ways. You can make money on the option deposit. You can cash flow each and every month on the, uh, the rent, the amount that you collect versus the amount that you have to pay your, your note, your loan, your lender. And three, you can make money on the exit whenever you sell the property because you are collecting more money than you paid for the property or what you owe on the property. Um, in this scenario, like I said, we got the $24,000 up front on the option deposit. That's non-refundable. Uh, we're not making much on the uh, cash flow. Call it, call it a break even. But we will get paid an additional fifteen dollars to $20,000 on the back end of this property when it sells. So essentially what we did was we marked the property up so that way we could get the option deposit and still make money on the exit. So I can't remember what we paid for this property. I think it was maybe around 65,000, I believe. And then we paid Brad 5,000 to exit the deal. Is that right, Mike? Mike? That sounds close. I, I thought it was like 57 plus the five. So I thought okay, we let's, were let's call 70. it 57. Yeah, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, something like that. I, I look at my notes here, but 57,000 plus the five, that puts us at uh, 62. Mm -hmm. And then we put the property out there, I believe it was maybe like 100 or 110 for as a lease option. Now with the lease option, we typically try to sell the property at retail. <coughs> 
you can even go a little bit above retail sometimes because you have to t factor in the time value of money and the, and the time that it's going to take them to purchase that property. So if retail price today was, let's say, 90 or 95 in 24 months, that's assuming that they didn't exercise their option for the, until the end of the lease, you know, with the way the market's going, that property would have been worth 100 or 105 or 110, you know, so on and so forth. It just kind of varies on your neighborhood and your market and your area. So in this particular scenario, we determined that the, that the retail value of the property in 24 months, you know, was a little bit higher than retail would have been today. And the option deposit, again, that's non-refundable, so that several times now, is actually taken off of the amount that they would have to pay at the end. So on this particular property, I think we sold it for like maybe 110. Is that right, Mike? Give or take? Uh, yeah, a little bit more than that. A little bit more than that even? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's just call it 110. Yeah, I think it was about, yeah, 110. What do you think it was? Uh, I think it was like 124. Was it that high? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's go with that number then. I wasn't, so, I wasn't trying to make you look wrong, you know, no, on the no, show. No, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I, don't have a, I don't have my laptop in front of me here. So. No worries, man. I'm just teasing you. Yeah, yeah no, you're, you're good. So at 124, they paid the 24. Um, right there. So essentially at closing in 24 months, they're going to have to pay us a hundred thousand and we're only into it for 72. So we're going to make another, you know, 26, 27,000 after mm -hmm. closing costs and you know, any additional fees for the sewer or the trash or anything along those lines that we have insurance uh, taxes. So in this particular case, you can always negotiate who's paying insurance, who's paying taxes, so on and so forth. And I believe that we're paying those for 24 months. But that's still a huge win for us to get paid on the front end and then again on the back end. Now, everyone's got this on their mind, I'm sure. What happens if they don't exercise that option, you know, between now and the end of the 24 months? Well, there's two scenarios. Really, there's three scenarios. One, we can renew and say, hey, we'll give you another 12 or 24 or even 36 months, but we need more option deposit, okay? Again, this is non-refundable and it'll go towards the purchase we need another five, 10, 15, $20,000 in order for us to even give you this option, okay? Another scenario would be that we can just continue renting to them and they're gonna lose that option. So if they don't exercise it, then that option deposit's gone, but they can stay and they can keep renting. Another option is they decide that they don't want to purchase the property anymore. And then we part ways, they move out and we clean it up and we do it all over again. We either rent it or we decide to sell it on a lease option, collect another option deposit, and we do it all over again. So one thing I do want to mention is, you know, the goal with this property wasn't even the lease option. We kind of fell into it. We were just trying to rent it. Mm -hmm. And somebody came to us and said, hey, I want to rent it, but I also want to buy it. I can't buy it today. But I want to buy it later, but I want to move in today. I want to rent it. And that's just kind of what we decided to come up with. Let's do the lease option on it. Um, one really crazy statistic is 82% of the United States population can't get a loan to buy a house. 82%. What do you think about that, Mike? It's crazy, man. It's a lot of, it's a big number. Yeah, it's crazy. 82%. So lease options are really, really good. It's a really great exit strategy um, because it allows people to have pride in home ownership without actually having to go to the bank to get that loan. They can, if it's a credit issue, they have 24 months in this scenario to fix their credit. If it's an issue with income, they have 24 months, again, in this scenario, to increase their income. Whatever the banks are telling them that they need to do or fix or 
you know, whatever they need to do in order to get approved for this loan. They have 24 months to do so. So we make it very clear to them that, you know, we want them to buy this house, but if they don't exercise that option, it's not like we're really going to be that upset because we didn't want to sell in the first place. We wanted to own it as a rental. So either way that, 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 that you know, that either scenario, I should say that, you know, that comes to play here, we're going to be okay with. Um, another crazy statistic is that roughly 15 to 20% of lease options, and this is a nationwide statistic, um, actually have the option executed, 15 to 20%. So you have 82% of the U.S. population that can't get approved for a loan, and you have 15 to 20% of the people that, that decide after they get into a lease option scenario that they're actually going to purchase that property, a.k.a. exercise their option. So with those statistics and facts and numbers, you know, being presented, uh, you know, we want them to buy this property. That's the goal is for them to take possession of this property. We want them to be a homeowner. We want them to be happy. You know, by all means, we not want them to exercise that option, but it's only a 15 to 20% chance that they will. So, you know, you know, in, in this scenario, if, if they don't exercise, we'll probably just renew and say, Hey, give us another option deposit and here's another 24 months. Right. And so, and so Dave, when we renew though, if, since they're, if they're unable to exercise the option or not willing to at that point, I mean, we can even adjust the price at that point right. too, Absolutely. because that option is expired. So we say can the market, it all. right. Say the market goes up uh, and that property is now worth 150,000. We could say, okay, well you gave us a one option. You can't exercise now uh, for another $10,000. We'll renew the option. The credits will still apply but the new purchase price in two years will be 150,000 or 155 or whatever we call it uh, to make up for that, again, appreciation that occurred over the, the time during the, uh, the previous lease option. So there's, there's so many, again, just neat ways to do it. And it's probably one of our, uh, one of our favorite episodes we recorded with uh, Jimmy and Bob from uh, Joint Ops Properties. You check out Liquor and Lease Options. Uh, that episode, I know we had a, a great time talking with them, and that's their, their whole business is based on this. So it's a yeah, it's a really interesting, really interesting uh, technique for uh, kind of being a landlord but not being a landlord. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, we we love lease options, and uh, we're going to start doing yeah, more of them. We're definitely we're definitely more interested in them. Right. I mean, you, you see it. Uh, I mean, you hear about it, and it's neat. But yeah, once we're actually kind of doing a couple of them. It really is a much more appealing way to, to go about holding right. rentals. Essentially. So one of the things I do want to highlight on this particular case study is, uh, well, a couple, a couple things, a couple main points. But one is, you know, we didn't really have this exit as our, as our strategy going into it. We, we were just going to refinance the property and just rent it. And the lease option presented itself to us. We're always open to creative ways to do deals. And in this particular scenario, it was a much higher profiting a deal for us. So we, went, we decided let's pivot and let's do the lease option. Now, typically on properties that we buy, hold, do small rehabs or even larger rehabs and then rent, we typically try to refinance. And we have coaching students that we teach that, you know, if you buy right in the intro and outro of the podcast, it's, it, you know, it states you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. If you buy right, you know, you can refinance the property and have a tenant in place and you can get most of your money back. Um, not always all, 
and it just kind of depends. But in this scenario, we were we were going to get you know about ninety five percent of our money back um, after we refinanced it and, re- and rented it and then refinanced it. Well, after the lease option deposit, the option deposit, we actually got if you can if you consider the the refinance plus the option deposit, we got over one hundred percent of our money back on this particular deal because. Again, you add the refinance amount, which is 90 to 95% because you buy right, and then you add the additional 24,000. We'll actually take possession of the property, get a tenant in place, and get 100 plus. Again, it's 100 plus percent of our money back. So now we own an asset that's bringing in money, and then when we go to sell that particular property, we'll get paid again, another 25 to $30,000 on the back end. So awesome, awesome case study. Um, we are going to do more and more of these, but it just goes to show you that, you know, there's definitely lots of different ways to do deals and sometimes you have to pivot. So Mike, you want to add anything to that? I got nothing, man. I'm, I'm really excited about, uh, again, holding our rentals and then the lease option strategy. I really do. I mean, I think I said it uh, just, just before this. I mean, it's a really neat way to hold rentals that, um, it's, it's really a, a win-win. Again, I think we, we've mentioned in the past, we're all about win-win stuff. And this is a way that we can rent a property, give someone the feeling of home ownership or purchasing the property who wouldn't ordinarily be able to purchase it and actually potentially buy that property. So it cuts down on our maintenance costs, gives them that home ownership feeling and the ability to hopefully buy that property in a couple of years. Uh, and again, I think it's just a win-win way to invest and yeah, really excited about it. So absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, we definitely encourage you guys if you're in that position or able to um to start building your rental portfolio to consider lease options. Right. And you know, one thing I'm gonna do with this particular uh case study is I'm gonna actually put it up in a short little video as well and we'll post it to the discount property investor Facebook page. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to learn more about this particular case study, check out the discount property investor uh Facebook group or page and you can learn more about it at that point in time. It's about all we got on this particular case study, guys. Uh, Mike, do you have a quote for us by chance? I don't. My computer just uh, just froze up here. No problem. Um, no problem. So I think you mentioned the quote that we have every every time, and Let's I think go that one you applies. You make your money yeah, when you buy. You get paid when you sell. So if that means pivoting, pivot. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Thank, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.